Please stand by as I get out the heart condition tuner in order to tune in to this week's podcast. I do not watch anything or read anything. Uh, Isn't it funny what power and money can do to the soul of a man? Give me something to believe in If there's a Lord above I give me something to believe in If there's a Lord above Very serious How many times can they fill me with lies And I listen again Twisting the truth and they're playing around with me Should I stay or should I go now? Should I stay or should I go now? If I go there will be trouble And if I stay it will be double So you gotta let me know ASI, or Attitudes of Sexual Integrity, deals with mature subject matter. It is marked explicit for a reason. You've been warned. And a big thanks to my podcast bot right there. I need to come up with a name for that guy. Episode number 14, season 6. My name is Russ Shaw, your host. My guest today, Pastor Rick Thiessen of AC3 in Marysville, Washington, USA, the north side of the Seattle metro area. We are talking about sexual ethics, abuses of power in large religious institutions, one in particular, Willow Creek, as this is being recorded. Rick being a pastor in the Willow Creek Network, and the corresponding ripple effect to said moral, institutional, and failures of leadership. You're about to hear my uncut, 
conversation with Rick Leeson. Feel by the old, the decrepit, and the greedy rich. I am sick of being not too tied to a chain gang rats on a single ship. You wanna bleed? I, I don't understand why. So you guys are still going through with having being a sponsor yeah. of the Global yeah. Leadership Summit here, but after all of the shit that's happened yeah. since April, why? Why still go ahead with it? Well. um... That's the big question. The big hundred thousand. Yeah, it, it, it is, <laughs> and, it's, and it's a good question. Show me what you got before you start to rock. Are you fucking ready? Cause I am. It's more than a warning shot. We're all barbarians. Everybody say amen. Say a prayer for the blast as they're dying in our hands. We're all barbarians. The end is coming soon. The summit. Some have, Russ. Maybe yes, I know. Yes, it's going around. Anyway, <laughs> we'll launch, kick it off with that. Um, I did a podcast previous to this one about some of that and the leadership, you know. Theology. So, Rick Thiessen on the podcast. Welcome. Uh, Thank you for having me again. It's yeah. been years since, oh, since years last years, time. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we have we have history. Rick and Dan uh, instrumental in my. I don't know. Would you call it reconversion? Let's uh, call it that. Sure. Might as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if God really had let go of me in the first place. That's yeah. This is where you need to channel your inner Calvinist. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I remember you said that you once, too. the of the saints. Because I remember I said, I remember sitting in your office, because I was, like, hostile. I was hostile towards Christianity and the whole thing. And I remember bringing the Bible in and going, let me show you how this is all full of fairy tales and bullshit and lies. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and you guys just listened. Like, you were the first. And I'd met with other pastors before. You guys were the first ones to just actually listen to me, and you know, so that was that was huge. But also, you said something because I remember I remember saying that getting saved, right? Mm-hmm. Like you go up to the altar call and everything's all weepy and everything, and there's this pressure kind <laughs> of pulls you forward. It can be, yeah. And, you, and then you're up there and you see the, the altar call, and I did that like three or four times. I think didn't take. Yeah, I was like waiting for it to to change me or something yeah. like. Oh man, um, but you said uh, you said something effective. Well, you know who who says it, it didn't work? Like who says like that's what is mm-hmm. salvation? You know we get into that conversation mm-hmm. of what is salvation because I don't know. I think that it has less less to do with me. It has little to do with me, but it's more of a relational and God's and God's initiative and God's kind of, initiative. Yeah, is, yeah. 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 Like he picked me up, kicking and screaming. Your initiative was right. Yeah, (laughs) you were not voting for this. Yeah, no. I just wanted my life to not fall apart, and my wife to not leave me, and you know, my family or my kids not to go through what I went through as a kid. Right. With you know, divorce and 
seeing dad on the weekends and all that. I just, I mean, not, I mean, I know that's a reality for a lot of people, but it was really painful for me. Right. And for some people it isn't. Some people have really good relationships with their step-parents. I didn't. So I guess I kind of equated all of that together too. And, um, but more than anything, I just, I wanted to live in the light, mm-hmm. you know, the, the light of truth and reality. This is just me. Yeah. Um, why do we have to fake it at church? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so trying to understand that. And that's where you guys were instrumental in my walk, to use that word. Um, just understanding truth and faith and some a power greater than yeah. Russ Shaw. Because the power that I was mustering up wasn't, mm. wasn't cutting yeah. it. It wasn't just not cutting it. It was destroying everything. It's a great story. Yeah, I just encouraged by every time you tell it to think about how God is just good and gracious and reached down like your own little Damascus Road moment and yeah. snatched you and said, you know, I've got I got enough grace to handle the load of shame and anxiety and questions that you were carrying. Yeah, and anger and frustration yeah. and yeah, I think every addict that that turns and I saw the stupid that was you know through all the addictions I'm sort of a redundant addict so (laughs) you know starting with alcohol going to crack cocaine and methamphetamine which this month will be 30 years since I've touched that stuff so meth and crack cocaine that's that's a pretty big deal my chemical romances (laughs) and then from that to you know behavioral stuff which is what other podcasts yeah. <laughs> podcasting that I've done on that topic uh, and and the topic of addiction as well but I think that you know you bring up a good point like every time someone makes the turn and I remember sitting in traffic and during this time when my life was falling apart seeing the cheesiest Christian bumper sticker that said God allows you to <laughs> mm-hmm. but at that point in my life it was like prophetic yeah you know? It's like, oh, yeah, God does allow U-turns. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> you know? So it's like you're saying, it's that Damascus Road moment. Every yeah. addict has to come to that place where they realize uh, it, it's it, the, the, the ego or this... And desire. Desire. Yeah. Um, this, the movie Annihilation. I don't know if you've seen it. I did. There's a cool line in that movie where the, the psychologist says, no one really commits suicide, but everyone self-destructs. Mm. You know, at some yeah. speed, we all just yeah. you know, I self-destruct. Just, it's true. I, I just taught on the Ten Commandments uh, uh, at a church here in town this last Sunday. And I taught, and, and uh, I'm always blown away by how incredibly profound the Tenth Commandment is. The Tenth Commandment, all the other ones are materially observable. Mm-hmm. The Tenth Commandment against coveting is not. And it goes right to the heart of desire. Right? Yeah. Do not desire your neighbor's house, your neighbor's wife, your neighbor's main, mad servant, maid servant, or right. anything else that belongs to your neighbor. When you think about the, the ego and the desire that lives inside of us, you talked about your chemical romances. We are controlling for our own happiness, right? Yeah. And the Tenth Commandment goes right after it and says, don't control for your own happiness. Yeah. And, uh, and watch out for the insidiousness of desire, which is you thinking you can control for it. And uh, here's how I'll be happy. If I just get this, 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 or the next thing, the next thing. And it's always the next thing that you desire that you think is going to fill the tank. Yeah, the void or the... Mm-hmm. 
Gratitude for me is a big one. Yes, because gratitude uh, says I have enough, right? Gratitude says enough. I did a whole season of shows on on the the Decalogue. I was geeking out over uh, John Frame, who is a uh, theologian. I think a Calvinist theologian, but... It, but I really liked his his teaching on on the whole Ten Commandments. It was forty hours. Oh wow! Of lectures that I was yeah. to, but I, I made my own sort of punk rock version of that. But I think that yeah yeah the the Tenth Commandment was is um, an exercise in how important it is to to ha- be grateful for where we're at, what we have, and stop with yeah. the not just keeping up with the Joneses, but um. Realizing who we are mm-hmm. inside our own skin. And isn't it interesting that God would point that out like yeah. 3,000 years ago? Like, it, you, you, there's no way you could measure that, right? You can't say, right. you're coveting. It's like, no, I'm not. Right. You'd, you'd only know by your external behaviors, right? The, the co- but the commandment itself points to the internal. Yeah. And then in that sense, it harkens towards the Sermon on the Mount. It says, yeah, it, on the inside, you, you manage your inner world. Because if you if you let it, your id will yeah. grab after everything it can. Yeah. And don't do that. But, exactly. But but you can't go to jail for that. <laughs> you know, You're right. You can't yeah. for murder, adultery, all the other ones, stealing. Yeah. But you don't go to murder. You don't go to jail for coveting. Yeah. You, who measures that? Only God. Only exactly. God measures that. Weighs the heart. Yes. Reminds me of that show. Did you ever watch the show Lucifer? No, I heard of it. Though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, so the character that plays the devil, that plays uh-huh. Lucifer, when he really got angry with someone, it's sort of like the devil goes to therapy. Mm-hmm. It's sort of the gist of the yeah. show. Yeah, like he, he repented, <laughs> right, or something? It wasn't something, that the premise of I don't it? know. It's, it, it lost me after the first season. The first season was pretty good. But one of the things that he does when he doesn't like someone mm-hmm. is, oh, tell me what you desire with a big oh, smile yeah. on his face. Right. Just come on, tell me what you desire. Let me give you what you do, exactly what you desire, you know. Right. Which is also Luke 4, Jesus wrestling with... Yes. Yeah, yeah. If you think about it, that's sort of a... Yeah. Like my friend Seth said, that's that's a guy wrestling with his ego. Like, why yeah. Why should you die, right? Why should... Are you hungry? Just turn yeah. that rock into a loaf of bread, man. Yeah. You got the power. Yeah. So true. Yeah, so now, so. leading up to... Kind of what what what's what's huge right now on my heart on a lot of people's radar when it comes to sexual integrity, so mm-hmm. to speak, is uh, this whole thing with Bill Hybels. Yeah, and you guys are affected by that being a yeah. a Willow Creek church in the Willow Creek network. Yeah. So how how did you become? Now I know some of the history. Maybe for listeners, you could talk a little bit about how Allen Creek came to be. Because it yeah. had a little to do with also another situation of uh, uh, sexual infidelity. Yeah, in yeah, a church. It, it did in uh, leadership. Right. So so um, yeah. The so so I was a youth pastor at a church that was um, uh, transitioning into a kind of willow model, and uh, and what that model basically is, although it's applied a hundred different ways, and there's willow clones, and then there are just you know conceptually uh, shared values, uh-huh. and and the main value that willow was promulgating in the late uh, '80s, uh, well, it was you know when it was becoming a thing on the national scene, was that the weekend service uh, could be leveraged for communication to people who are far from God, and and instead of merely being a place of edifying the believer. 
Mm-hmm. And um, there was a there was sort of a known thing in local churches through the 60s and 70s, which is if you wanted someone to have a good opinion of Christianity, the, the last place you'd bring them is to a church, right. to a church service, you know. Yeah, yeah. And But every, everyone, if you were an evangelical, you knew that, you know, sharing your faith was absolutely central to kind of part of your identity as an evangelical, and yet... Your, you know, one of the main parts of your experience, which is, you know, the weekend where you're worshiping, you're getting together with the church, was the last place you'd ever bring a non-Christian. And so Willow kind of changed the, the game a little bit. And the evangelical church had gone, really, ironically, Willow is a culmination of the youth ministry movement, where young people became an actual targeted group in the in the world. They really weren't a thing even before the 1800s. So in the 19th, 20th century young people became a targeted group all over the world in terms of their advertising and all that stuff. Well, in the church, they became like you had youth pastors for the first time in the 60s and 70s. And so Bill Hybels was a youth pastor and realized that the young people, which is the cutting edge of the post-Christian end of the cultural movement, was we were seeing in high schools, right? And, And so high schools then were turning to alternative methods to reach these people. Uh, we got to get the gospel down on the lower shelf. We got to explain theology in a way people understand. And so it was like more power to you, youth pastors, but we weren't going to do that with the grown up church. Well, Hybels had the idea let's do that with grown ups. Let's explain Christianity like, like they don't get it, like they haven't grown up in a church. Because like right. it was the first generation in the mid 70s that really had been raised outside of church. So that was Willow's gift to the world. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, and uh, the church that I was a part of was transitioning to utilize the weekend services uh, to be places uh, where Christianity could be explained. Get it out there one-on-one and then encourage the church to invite irreligious people. Say, we, we promise you we'll make it a safe place and you promise that you'll work with God's uh, 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 guidance and uh, open um, direction to bring uh, your seeking irreligious and skeptical friends. So we applied that to great effect, and it was was awesome. And we were seeing, like, real live religious people in church. It was like, whoa, I'd never grown up like that. I don't know what your church experience was growing up. You didn't see religious people in church, you know. Uh, If they happened to come to Christ, they would usually come through some personal evangelism thing. Then you'd inoculate them into church, and you hope that the Holy Spirit's activity in their heart would make them friendly to the things that were going on at church, that uh, they weren't used to, like 2,000-year-old songs, right. you know, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, so we saw great work. And um, the church grew, so you're 20 years old grew. now. I'm, I'm about 25, yeah. Okay. And I'm the youth pastor there. As the youth pastor. And then, the, and then the senior pastor gets involved in moral failure. So this is kind of right, happening right, right. concurrently. So the church is exploding in growth. We're seeing real life religious people. Uh, come to faith in Jesus. So he was a Willow really guy too. Then he had he had gone to his seminary education in Chicago okay. and had uh, dabbled, as it were, in Willow. Had seen it, was kind of smitten by the idea of of um, of altering the church's program toward around the the unchurched person, right? And to create a church where unchurched people would actually want to come, right? So yeah, so then he came and brought that philosophically. To that church, so we transitioned the ministry through not without certain growing pains, but for the most part, um, he was a very strong leader, um, and uh, 
and probably stepped on a few toes along the way in transitioning a church. You don't, like, it's the omelet thing. I, yeah, you yeah. break a few eggs, and some of the eggs are broken, or probably relational fidelity, and like, uh, okay, well, go your way, because you're, you're the biggest personality in the room, uh, but you, I don't feel heard. I think some of that was probably the sentiment, just a little bit behind that senior pastor. Uh, it really didn't live there on the staff, because we lived with them every day, and we were like, rah, rah, we were, we were ready to go. And he was authentically living his life before us, so as far as we knew. And uh, there was a lot of relationship. Right. So we were all in. We were just all in. And if anybody wasn't all in, they were, for the most part, can't argue with results. All right. So then when, when he went down, then, um, then it hit the fan mm. in a big way. All right. And so you guys formed... Uh Allen Creek here. In two well, it took two years. In so 95. He went, yeah, in 95. He went down yeah. in 93. And uh, so we were thrown into the muck of it. And um, so I guess I won't get into that whole story. But yeah, so you can just imagine the content. Well, what's going on at Willow right now is yeah, probably yeah. parallel in some ways. There was a lot of contentiousness. How do we handle this? There's discipline that needs to be applied. What's the right way to do this? What's the wrong way? There was different opinions, but no, no leader. That was the irony, you know. So everyone's right. got their opinion, but the leader's gone. Right. So now, who's leading us through this restoration slash discipline slash accountability process? Right, right. So it was a big mess, and then um, everybody knew. Unlike the Willow situation, where four years ago people kind of knew, and then yeah, and you're saying, okay, is this you know, is it an uncomfortable hug, uh, sexual impropriety, whatever? They didn't know the extent of it, probably. Yeah. So now they're looking into it. Well, the, so our situation was a guy had sex with right. uh, a woman in the church, so and there was no yeah, denying pretty... it, and that was different, and there was no yeah, denying yeah. it. And yeah. Bill Hybels is to this point just utterly denied all, uh, yeah. all. Uh, Ten All the now. accusations. Right. What's that? All ten now. All ten now, yeah, including <laughs> the last and most egregious. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you So guys, we planted. Yeah, we yeah, planted because because out of that, Russ, then the philosoph philosophically they just moved back. Right. So and to some extent, understandably, licking their wounds, it was it was very difficult for them. Um, and so the people responsible at the top end were feeling like Maybe, you know, the fact we have unchurched people here was the reason why our senior pastor had sex with someone who wasn't his wife. You know, uh, that, that didn't yeah, make sense cool. to us. Right. But uh, that was a, a connection, I think, that was made, was the philosophy of right. ministry, unchurched people being in the building. Uh, uh, you know, world, Those dirty people world, out there in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Worldliness <laughs> had somehow maybe impacted the senior pastor, so let's pull back from that. Right. And they did. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't like that's the only way you can do a local church. Willow's model is not the only way. I knew that. They yeah, all knew yeah. that. So we just said, look, if you're changing it back, that's your prerogative because I'm not the leader. Preach to the choir. And preach to the <laughs> choir. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Edify yeah. the believers, what we'll do at all of our events. And st yeah. And I said, that's fine, but that's not the passion that God has laid on our heart. And that's not what we're here for. Uh -huh. So uh, after two years and a new senior pastor come in and reestablish his own vision... I essentially got his blessing uh, and, and just say go. They, it wasn't a daughter church, so it wasn't like it was sent out as a daughter church. But it was like, you haven't burned any bridges here, Rick. You've tried to handle yourself honorably. I, that matters to me because I didn't want to be known there, then and now as a person who split that church. Right. But there were 15 people that came with us that weren't ever going to get on board with a new, or the so I should say the old philosophy of ministry. Right. And they were all in on creating an un a church that unchurched people would love to come to. Right. And so with 15 people in a living room, 
in North Marysville. We planted in 95. Nice. And 20 years later. Here it is. Here it is. Allen Creek yeah. Community Church. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so we have gotten a lot from Willow in those times. So so before there was ever an Allen Creek Community Church, philosophically, right. and in terms of some vision and values, we, we gained a lot from that ministry. And that's what I like about you guys. And... Uh, and it's sort of like, you know, you and I had coffee and talked, and, and I said, this sucks, what's going on with Willow, mm-hmm. and on a, on a philosophical level, on a theological level, um, it sort of tears at, at us as people. It does. You know, it's not just something out there. Like, I remember uh, I interviewed a woman, uh, Reverend Wendy, talking about her, her deconstruct process. And she goes, a lot of people say that word like it's a big word. It's out there. Like, I'm deconstructing, you know. No, it's in here. Like, I'm deconstructing. Mm-hmm. Part of me is being deconstructed. This is yes. my belief systems. Yeah. This is my belief structures. It's not mm-hmm. floating around out there in some, yeah. you know, ether of, it's like doing your taxes or who should I vote for. No, it's it's down in here. Yeah. And so when something like this happens, uh, well, I guess that's where I go as the, being a premise guy. You know, well, what's the premise? And maybe some of the culture that you guys have here because of how you started. Um, I mean, that's one of the things you have on the wall up there is, uh, uh, about being real, right? Mm-hmm. What was the, what's the saying? Get real, get healed. Get real, of, get healed, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a recovery term, too. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, almost, we're only as, uh, you're only as healthy as your secrets mm-hmm. is something that's said a lot in, in recovery mm-hmm. circles. Um, but it seems that that Willow, like just from the evidence that we're seeing come out, you know, I mean, this guy, dynamic, just very much like Mark Driscoll and Mars Hill, mm-hmm. you know, very dynamic guy, big personality, yep. lights up a room, yeah, uh, full of shit. <laughs> I don't mm, know, you yeah. think? And then, and then the way the leadership, I don't know, man. Like, so, so I'm struggling. Just uh, well, with yeah, what's going on yeah, with all b- this. Before you get to the question, just to restate, yes, the, a fundamental violation of one of the key parts of a seeker-oriented ministry, which is, let's just be real. Yeah. And um, that's going to be a part of, it's not just going to be the band, the rock band, and the dramas, and the video, although that's part of it, because stylistically... You know, someone would come in and, and if they couldn't relate to anything that was going on stylistically, artistically, that was a huge impediment. Right. But that wasn't the magic sauce. The secret sauce was we're going we're gonna to walk the gospel authentically. And part of being authentic was this is our music. See, ironically, the, the, art, the artistic uh, methodology of some of the secret ministry didn't come first. Right. What came first was authenticity. And authentically, we listen to rock music. Therefore, there are artistic thing, and art, uh, and authentically, we're a video generation, and we learn visually. And so, some of the artistic and stylistic things that came along with with seeker ministry, in its best iteration, was motivated by a more fundamental value, which is let us walk our Christian walk authentically before the world. And then they'll see that we love one another, and we love God, and we love yeah. um, them. Yeah. 
So anyway, but sorry. the secret, but yeah, and, and then it looks like Willow at a fundamental level is violating that most fundamental, yeah, yeah, uh, of values, which is authenticity. Yeah, it seems like there is some protectionism that's going on. Yeah, and it has been for a, a while, right? Um, it's funny you bring up the seeker, the seeker thing, because you hear a lot of pastors out there will kind of crap on this. Oh, seeker sensitive, you know? Yeah. You, you guys are trying to be seeker sensitive, and one of the things I like to remind people is. Is if you're honest, we're all seekers. Yeah, we're all freaking seekers. Like you think you got to figure it out, so you're not a seeker. You know, we we have a, a certainty addiction. Mm-hmm. I think that the church for a long time, especially the American church, is just really addicted to certainty and having to know everything. Like this is, you know, I'm not seeking Rick. Mm-hmm. I got this figured out. Mm, yeah. Come to our thing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. but I but I think that the leadership. For me, is you know, I have a I, I I'm a weird leader. Like I don't want to be a leader, but I sort of am. You know, mm-hmm. uh, just doing the the ministries that I've done You've over influence. the years. I have influence, and so my heart breaks for the broken hearted. You know, mm-hmm. for really broken people and. What happened with Bill Hybels? I'm I'm Bill Hybels. I'm worse than Bill Hybels. I've done worse things than that man did. The difference is, I can bring it out in light. And now that was painful, and it took a long time mm-hmm. for me to bring my shit out in the light, which yeah. was ten times worse than than what Hybels did. Um, but I did, you know. And I, and I'm not dead. I think that was one of the things I was struggling with, not just depression, that, that was part of it, um, but my thoughts of suicide, suicidal thoughts and, and, and actions were tied to this idea that if anybody found out, mm-hmm. you know, I would be destroyed. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was the lie that was being spoken to you yeah. powerfully, right? Yeah, yeah. And I had to, I had to tear all those walls down. Yeah. And then when I finally did tear all the walls down, I realized I'm, I'm lying to my wife. I'm, I'm just scamming her out. Like She doesn't know who she's married to. So I had right. to tell her. Right. And you guys read front row seats for that. Yep. So that was um, done in an office here with you guys. A bomb squad analogy, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Having folks there. And that's another thing that I see as very valuable about the church is that you can have folks to contain the blast, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can have real people around to, to love you through something like that. Because yep. um, I don't know if, if I would have done it myself, we'd probably been divorced. 70% mm-hmm. of people who um, talk about that kind of stuff uh, don't make it, yeah. usually, yeah. statistically. Um, <clears throat> so what today there's like been 111 churches have dropped out of of sponsoring the GLS Mm -hmm. the Global Leadership Summit yeah Um, today there was another four explain to listeners what the Global Leadership Summit is maybe well, so the Global Leadership Summit came as an offshoot of Willow Creek Community Church because among, we said, like fundamental values of the movement right uh, one of them is leadership that leadership changes a local church and Heibel's 
top gift was, gifting was leadership, and he just looked around the local church landscape, and you know what he saw? He saw a lot of good teachers, but didn't see a lot of good leaders. Yeah. And he knew that churches that you know stick around at 80 people and never really reach their community and never fulfill the Great Commission and never really walk in gospel ways of living is often not because they're not being taught that. They're being taught that every week faithfully, like the Bible's being opened and the way of Jesus is being communicated, but they're not being led. Mm-hmm. And so some of that comes down to, you know, team building and vision casting and um, value setting for organizations. And Hybels was just so great at all that. So he recognized, I think, that the idea of planting willow clones is not the goal. Planting establishing churches that are well-led was the goal. Because if you had churches that were well-led, they would, by the nature of their leadership, get gospel principles, values, embed those in the organization, and drive the organization towards that stuff instead of the the spinning of the wheels that often happens when a church is leaderless. It might be well-taught, but it's not well-led. So the Willow Creek Association became sort of an offshoot of Willow, not specifically to plant willow clones but to transfer what was most transferable about willow which was right. that let the let, let the church be well led so uh of course churches were enamored with the the some of the programmatic and stylistic things that willow was doing but across denominations people started to just sort of get from willow content uh you know uh teaching content and small group curriculum and dramas and you know, all that kind of stuff, and leadership content. And then the um, the year we planted, 1995, was the first year that they organized. This was 20 years into their existence, so they were 20 years old at this point. Right. was the first year that they organized a leadership summit. They didn't, I don't think they called it the summit then, but uh, right. it was a leadership conference. Do you have a vision cast? What was that? That's us. We do That's vision you guys. cast. You guys do That's vision us. Cast. That's okay. our all-church retreat that we do in August every year. I see. Okay. Yeah. So, so the summit was their extension of of teaching great leadership to local churches so that in Heibel's words there would be you know prevailing churches was the phrase he would always we um, so the churches would be prevailing because even then and now I mean, there's a lot of churches that are failing right yeah and closing their doors and whatever right so so yeah so so then the Willow Creek Association I don't even know if the, it didn't actually become an association it was just an offshoot it was a conference that the church put on for several years and then they realized it was becoming a big thing it was becoming its own thing literally thousands of people showing up on campus then they started doing it by a satellite I think within four years and uh, then it needed its own leadership structure and all that kind of stuff so the Willow Creek Association started and of course Hybels was a you know, big impetus behind that. Sat on the board, obviously, from then until he resigned this year. And uh, so, so yeah, so it became, it's, it's you know, an arm right. of what Willa was selling. Kind of became as its own thing. It became its own thing. Right. And and I, I wanted to, more, more, more and more so, in fact, you're probably going to see this at some point. It's going to, uh, well, yeah, it'll, it'll continue to, uh, establish its own identity. Right. Whether Willow survives or not. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Um, so why... <laughs> so I, I don't understand why... So you guys are still going through with having being a sponsor yeah. of the Global yeah. Leadership Summit here. But after all of the shit that's happened yeah. since April, why? Why still go ahead with it? Well, um, 
That's the big question. The big hundred thousand. Yeah, it, it is, <laughs> and, it's a, and it's a good question, and that's because we have we are we are operating uh, with a with a firewall between the content of the summit and its and its global vision and its long established track record of excellence, and the crazy stuff that's going on right now at Willow. Both both Bill Hybels' bad behavior and the way in which the elders of Willow are misstepping and handling it. Right. But isn't Those their leadership? It's hard to distinguish between Willow and the it leadership. Is. Yeah, and it's understandable that people can are having a hard time making that distinction. But we are making that distinction, and there is a distinction to be made if you if you're ready to see yeah. it. Uh, first of all, the fact that Hybels, who though envision, you know, initiated both organizations, both the church and the association, is gone. Right. And uh, there's a there's an entire army of people who. Um, obviously didn't know what Bill Hybels was doing. And, uh, you know, if they had, uh, you know, they would have created an association between uh, that and, and the church and the, and, and, and the Willow Creek Association. But, but uh, you know, you're going along fat, dumb, and happy until this stuff comes to the, comes to the fore. Right. And, but uh, that's part of the thing, though, Rick. I, I guess the... To put this in the form of a question, when when the the leadership says we're awesome and we have this thing and we keep selling this thing every year, and then in April th- this hits the Chicago Tribune, yeah, like it doesn't it doesn't hit the church. The church doesn't want this stuff getting out, and there's a lot of information that's come out saying that hey, a lot of people did know what was going on. Mm-hmm. Quote leaders. Putting yeah. that in quotes, yeah, and and these are the folks who kind of shoved. Oh well, you know, just it's not that big a deal. Uh, let's keep this under you mean, wraps. Even after the investigation started yeah. three years ago, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. and so no one wanted it to to come to the surface. See, because that's one of those things. Like the leadership sort sort of became an idol. Like this thing, this summit, in my mind, I, correct me if you think I'm wrong, but it, it seems like the, the summit became such an idol that we don't want it to, you know, put Bill out there as a broken man, which he is and needed to repent, maybe yeah. even publicly. Uh, yeah. Yes, publicly. Mm-hmm, right? yeah, sure. and, and, and actually apologize. That's something Mark never did either. Mark yeah. Driscoll has such a huge ego. All he would have to have done was go through the. There was a uh, a process of discipline, basically. Yep. It was to get the guy help, like yeah. get some freaking help. Yeah. And let's sit you down with some of the people you really hurt and yeah. harmed, and have a face to face, eye to eye meeting with those people. He wouldn't do that. Yeah. And now we don't really know what happened with Hybels, whether this conversation took place or not. But it seems to me that's a huge failure in leadership. That that what that they didn't get him that to they sit didn't in front yeah of to get him to sit down or well, to, to it, get him to or for right. him to actually well, go yeah I'm not I'm a fucking human being I'm not a yeah, god yeah you know right right well yeah, I think we can all agree that it's good at the, on the on the back end of these accusations that he would he should confess but I think what what we are twenty twenty hindsight we are missing how unbelievably murky that was whether he was even guilty i think that's what they were just going did he even do anything wrong and i think that the assumption they were working with was he hadn't well there's a lot of women that came out and i mean quit the church over this stuff true and they 
uh, you know, but for, but for the, example, the some of them who quit the church weren't at the church and were content to keep it not a secret. We're not going to talk about this yeah. for the rest of our lives because they also didn't want to disturb right. the ministry. So if it was an idol for them, it was an idol for a lot oh, of yeah. the accused. It's a consciousness thing, absolutely. And and not and not and I you know some I I don't know if I blame them entirely in 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 this sense that that they. Well, they, they loved what was going on, and they knew, as I think, well, I hope that you can agree with me on this, that sinful people can do good work, and yeah. they knew that. Uh-huh. And so they could, they could parse between the fact that the, that the leader of the organization was uh, not without sin, and yet could still be uh, a genuine follower of Jesus, and could lead people into followership of Jesus. Right. As a broken person. But I think that maybe that's a... They believe that. Uh, yeah. Oh, the accusers yeah. believe that. Yeah, yeah. Earl, and maybe that's an error in Christian culture today, that you have to be perfect. Mr. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's sort yeah. of a thing. And he, would, and he certainly would have never said that. It's just that he wouldn't have copped to the kinds of failure that he was guilty of. Yeah. He would have said, you know, I've, I've, I've mowed over people. I've done this. I was a coward here. I was this. You know... Things that were safe to confess. There was no way that he projected. Heibel's never projected that you have to be perfect like me right. to be in a senior position like me. I mean, he never, he never put that forward. In fact, that's one of the reasons why you know so many seekers found the ministry of Willow so winsome for years is because here's a guy up front who's pretty real. Yeah. I mean, as it turns out, not as real as he needed to be. Driscoll would do the same thing. Driscoll Driscoll would cry, you know, saying he was sorry. And and he would say rough things. And it was like, he's the swearing drinking pastor. And everyone (laughs) felt that he was so authentic. And in some sense, he was so authentic. It was just that what you didn't see was how he powered up on people, apparently, behind closed doors, right? Yeah, big time. And what we didn't see about Hybels was how he leverages relationships with women around him for sexual gratification. Yeah. Uh, and abuse of power. Didn't, we didn't see that. Yeah. And so, but we see it now. And I think that's where now we see a it. lot of the churches that have pulled out are yeah. saying that, well, this is an infected or a tainted leadership. Yeah. Hashtag tainted yeah, and leadership. Not, yeah, and I, I'm not making that association. I mean, that's guilt by association. So Tom DeVries didn't do what Hybels did. And he's the one who's leading Willow Creek Association right now. And Hybels, who did the things that Hybels did, is not going to teach me at the summit this year. And so the material, the materially affected, tainted party is uh-huh. gone. Now, I know that you could say, but well... But it's built on tainted soil, yeah, it not, seems to I, me. But I, I mean, that's, that's where I land yeah, on and it. I, don't, it's I can't just, go there, Russ. I guess that's where you, yeah. you and I maybe disagree. I, everything's tainted soil, man. Yeah. AC3 it is, is but tainted you, soil. But Everything is tainted soil. You guys would admit that shit. To, to, to a degree even further than, you know, what Mark and Bill Hybels have done. I, I would hope that we would. We, I've sat with you in a room where it was a guy, and we were, like, shedding tears with this dude, and he's had issues with mm-hmm. sexual impropriety, you mm-hmm. know, and, you know, it, 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 that was a discipline thing that was handled. I felt well. Most churches won't do that. And most churches will go to this this fucking thing and and just sit there and soak in the the hip hip rah rah Tony Robbins bullshit. Hmm. That's kind of where I land with it. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just shallow. It's branding. It's 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 putting a brand over God is is where I guess I'm landing on it. Well, so, that's how I feel. Yeah. So like, if you look at it from the distance that you see it from, you see a brand, you see Willow Creek, you see an organization to protect. 
But if you've been inside it, well, we see content. We see content. We see transformative values. And these things do not touch what Bill Hybels did, and they don't touch what the current Willow elders are doing. And so, for example, when we go to a summit and we get this moment, it's not a Tim Robbins rah-rah moment. What it is is it's a convicting moment, for example, I'm just using one example, where the church is confronted with its call to be salt and light in a very significant way with the AIDS and poverty crisis in Africa. And the call went out, I remember very specifically, in 2006. And I could give you the talk and who did it and all that kind of stuff. Maybe you'd find that interesting. But but the call went out and said, Church, where are you? The greatest humanitarian crisis of our time, and where is the church? And gathered in that summit, listening to that call from Hybels, was one of the players involved in that, and others, was about 190,000 people. And we were among them that went, we must go to Africa. We must we must see this thing that God is doing and what me, what what part that we can play and all that kind of stuff. And we felt the conviction of the value that the church be the church. That's one of the things right. that Hybels would say all the time. And his sin doesn't invalidate that particular injunction, nor does it invalidate the amazing <coughs> conviction that came from that particular... I'm saying that's one of dozens, Russ. Dozens yeah, across yeah. 20 years of the summit. Mars Hill did the same thing with uh, Haiti. And nothing, Haiti nothing validates huge. that. They, they, yeah, they, you, they're not tainted. Those, no, that, those that, are, that those work are good works. Good works. And so, yeah. so that came to us out of... And so our, we have a whole Africa mission that came out of the summit. And literally thousands of lives are being changed. We're thinking about the ripple effect from one talk given at this. Right. At this thing. The current scandal with Hybels does not material affect either that moment or any potential moment that's going to happen three days from now when the summit shows up in this building on those screens. I think that... uh, So the ministry I do is not out in the open like that. You know, I I talk to people through screens and usually anonymity. Um, Even one of the, the stories from some young woman who has seen a lot of my Twitter rants lately on this thing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she was abused in the mission field. And she says, why do you care? These people don't give a shit. They're going to go on with their stuff. I can't be a part of this thing anymore. Why do you do this? Like, kind of questioning yeah. me why. Yeah. Um, because I think that when a guy like this and, and a leadership, a tainted, fucked up leadership organization that covered all this up for years, four years, um, goes ahead with whatever they think is fine yeah. because they have the authority because there might be some good works out of it or something. Um, when they decide to do that, they're kind of, they're not kind of, they're, they're creating distrust in a lot of people who have been hurt. Um, I'm a, <clears throat> I'm a childhood survivor of childhood sexual assault. Yeah. I think that that's some of my passion here too, because I didn't see the church as a safe place right. until you guys, you know. And then Mars Hill came along, and I thought, well, maybe that's a safe place. And where's where's the safe place when someone like like Bill Hybels doesn't come forward? When when the when the leadership just looks the other way for years? I mean, wouldn't it be better? If they just here's what I'm thinking, mm-hmm. what if you what if they just decided like like somebody who's suffering from an addiction, 
to shut this damn thing off for a while, shut off this fucking brand, and create something next year that's even more awesome with all the stories and, and the brokenness of a man who, who either, either he does, I, I don't think he will. Yeah, we'll I don't see. know. We'll see. You did. I'm praying that he. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did. Yeah. But I'm not a, sitting a on a throne of a well, twenty right. million dollar yes. freaking leadership summit that happens yes. every year. Yes. Twenty million dollars. I mean, th- this guy's got a lot of. He's got a lot of stuff to lose. I had a lot well, to lose not, too. That doesn't go to him. I mean, obviously no, that no. Has, that, but yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, so, no, so I there's do, a there's I an undercurrent to what's going on. So I see the under. I remember you said this to me once. You said, I think you were saying, don't get bitter, Russ, because you kind of see Christian culture's underbelly, mm. much like a police officer. Mm, yeah, right. <laughs> People yeah. come to me. All you are. I stories come to me. I'm like, oh, the God. The only section you know? of population you're dealing with, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. It's that it's section. Like, oh, it can lead God. to cynicism. Well, let me... Let me but I, I'm not cynical. I think cynicism is lazy. Yeah. When you're cynical, you're lazy. You're just saying, oh, fuck everyone. And you know, um, this woman had a broken heart and mm-hmm. went to cynicism. Right, yeah. that's easy to, but you don't stay there because yeah. you just get cold inside. Right, I think to to be a humanitarian to, to love other people is to push on, you know, what wakes us up, what grows us, what makes us come alive. Right, what are our core values? And you know? and that, yeah, and so what love I think does in a situation like this is also capable of of profound subtlety. Because without subtlety, we it, things polarize, and they're black and they're white, and people are good and bad, and there's people with black hats and white hats. And even just the way you framed it there, Russ, I think um, um, oversimplifies the situation. Like you say that they sat on it for four years, and they covered it up, and uh, now they're in damage control, and you know they're trying to manage their brand. Well, well... I, I don't assume that. I, I, I don't assume that that's really the 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 um, the best way to describe it. I think for four years, like, oh, the, here are accusations. Uh, this is really bad stuff. Let's uh, let's look into it. Well, let's look into it internally. We're the leaders of this organization. Mm-hmm. We're not a denomination. We are the we're we're the buck stops committee. Uh, so let's uh, the buck stops with us. So let's look into it. So they looked into it, and. Um, and you know, the, I'm not saying they're all the black hat bad guys because no, I, th- I know that some of this is just but, human but when nature. You say, right, but when you say that they sat on, I just think that's inaccurate. So I, 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 I think may, maybe even I, say I can understand they're right, human right. beings, but I do think yeah, it's yeah. still inaccurate. And so, so the truth of the, the truth, ugly, and that's the thing is the true ugly matter of it is is they did now whether their heart was but in. That's, but that's that's looking back into 2020 hindsight, say cover up. But if you are walking with that management team, like look, look at Steve Carter, right? He's on that management team. He resigned on Sunday, right? But he's on that management team from long before this started, right? And walking with them all the way up to the present, thinking. And he all finally the way went, along, "Yeah, this is fucked. I'm out." Yeah, yeah. But what you and I don't know is how many blessings he gave to how many decisions all along the way, saying, "Yeah." Yeah. So, so. But know, that's we, see that's but, but that's sub, getting to the end says, of yourself, right? But subtlety, subtlety says I don't believe I, I, I don't believe that 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 Steve, just to use him as an example, was saying to himself for four years, terrible decision, terrible decision, terrible decision, terrible decision. You know what? I resign. Right. I don't think that that was happening at all. No. I think he's going. 
Oh, wow, accusations. Yep, well, the first one looks like it was false. Yep. And so and so we go, wow, a 10-year affair that was recanted. Okay. All right, well, let's look at these other ones, you know. And then they, and he's part of, I don't know what part he played, but I'm just saying he, probably, he was getting the information. He was in the inner circle, and he's getting this information, thinking to himself, okay, well, we've done due diligence here, looks mm -hmm. like. And um, some of these... Um, they do not, uh, some of these look like probably inappropriate behavior, but they don't rise to the level of what we need to discipline him. Like, uh, like an inappropriate hug right. is, uh, you know, a, a, hey, let's talk about boundaries at work or whatever. And who knows what conversations were had behind closed doors about that, but it just looks like, okay, this is the level of offense we're talking about. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, the outside group keeps pressing, saying, no, there's legitimacy here that you're not willing to see. So they say, okay, well, we're going to hire the outside firm. It's a law firm. And I guess all that to say, Russ, it's complicated. And yeah. I'm sure that they thought it's complicated and that changing opinions like the Titanic were turning over a period of time going, finally, wait, the where there's smoke, there's fire, and something's rotten in Denmark. And that's now Steve finally saying it's untenable. And probably much more about what's happened in the last four months than what happened for four years. So I think you have often thrown out the four-year mark, and that kind of adds a sense of, wow, massive cover-up. I don't think that that's fair. I think that since the pressing from that outside party pressed this thing into the public light, then, then the leadership team was sort of pressed into, how are we going to handle this? Yeah. And then at that point, it's increasing transparency or increasing protectionism. Yeah. And if I'm just guessing, I don't know Steve Carter from a whole wall, never talked to the man. I just know his tweets and his blogs, right? But I'm guessing that at, at that point that he's voting for more transparency and more just let's let this whole thing ride, let's take our hands off of it, and that there's probably another faction, I'm just guessing, that's saying we got a lot to lose here. Yeah. And uh, we're not sure, and Bill gets his damn court, and due process. Right. And, you know, th there's that faction. It's yeah. probably saying those sorts of things. And Steve's going, no, we got to move faster. It looks terrible. Yeah. The optics are bad. And, and, and so it's, it becomes untenable. Because what fundamentally changed, just to use that for an example, like what fundamentally changed for Steve between Sunday and his resignation? I mean, there was an increase. There was the one New York more Times article. Yeah. There was there was one more one more accusation. Mm. But if you already believed Steve or uh, Bill was guilty of sexual impropriety, this didn't change that fundamental assessment. Now, right. He was guilty of sexual impropriety. A hundred more accusations doesn't change that fundamental status. Right? right? He's guilty. He's done bad. He abused his position and sexually abused women under his care. That's a fact. Right. That didn't change with a new accusation. And the second fact is that the Willow Creek leadership team seems to be in flux and in some degree of, I'll, I guess I'll say, chaos. Yeah. And that also didn't really change after Sunday because we already knew that they were in flux because they had already walked back a bunch of stuff, right? It's like liars and colluders. Yeah. Was the, was well, the word that, out of the game. And, what and then they walked, to say. and they started walking all that stuff back. Well, yeah, yeah, wrong. Yeah, that was yeah, dumb. And Bill yeah. Hybels did go into areas of sin. And so they start. So we already know that they've misstepped right. here. So that also didn't change. Something else changed. And for Steve, I'm just guessing, total speculation on my part, but that there was a fundamental philosophical degree disagreement and probably relates to something that matters to you and me, which is that Steve was probably thinking, we've got to vote with more transparency and get our hands off this thing and and there was another faction that said, no, we're responsible for a lot of lives here, and right. we have to control this narrative. 
Right. A little bit more. But that sounds like a shitty firewall <laughs> between their leadership. Well, I'm talking about that philosophy, their leadership summit, and what they actually did. You know. Well, at the, at the point where where Bill Hybels resigned, um, you know, he's out of the he's out of the Willow Creek Association. He's now the problem of he's essentially the church's problem at that point. Right. They're still selling his books and everything on the website. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, like it's just, I wish they were doing that. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe the word cover up isn't that, that, that doesn't that that I will just I will say that that diminishes the sense of firewall, the yeah. sense that okay, listen, this man, the perpetrator, the one we're trying to distance ourselves from, is still here. You yeah. know that that particular thing, but the fact he, his his. Presence and teaching will certainly not be at the summit, and not for the foreseeable ever. Right. And they've been very clear about that. And they, and as you know, they've also been very clear that they have voted for a third-party independent investigation, and and um, they've wanted that. Yeah. And uh, and now, I guess finally, under what I, I assume can only be some kind of pressure, the Willow Creek elders have said, "Okay, we'll do it." Yeah. But then there's the whether they'll actually take a back seat in that procedure. Yeah. But that because uh, that's I mean, that'll be well, we'll later to, to be seen, that, right? yeah, yeah. Because yeah. usually that's the first thing you know, call in the lawyers, yeah. and then everything is to protect the the yeah, guy and the brand and yeah, everything. And right. Yeah, yeah. So we'll so, see. But you can, I, I don't know. That there's much to argue with, though. At least on the surface. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get a fully independent organization. We're not even going to pay for it, uh, so that we can say that you know our, you know we're not manipulating it at any at, at that level, and the results will be made known to the public, to the Little Creek Association, to the church, and. Uh, they have access to all parties and documents. Yeah. That sounds. That sounds I think like a step that in the right maybe the, the biggest frustration and cover up maybe the wrong word I used, uh, but transparency I think is something that yeah, is a good word isn't super like valued, that. you know, and it hasn't been valued, and so yeah, I, and I understand, like I understand, me too, right? Like I I'm not trying why, to, right? Yeah, yeah. There's so much I get to why. lose. There's so much to lose. Yeah. So you get why I do too. That's why. That's why I my my status on this or my my stance has been patience, uh, and I know that that's frustrating to you and others that yeah. share your frustration with Willow Creek. But it's like um, people change their minds and they move, and organizations are big, and it's like swimming through peanut butter. But some of it's just systemic silence. I mean, it's it's a strategy that's used in large institutions to to silence the things that we don't. Really want to it talk about? I, I I don't know. Can I can I say that honestly? <laughs> that I feel like systemic silence is going on. I I don't. May, I, I, maybe there's some people who are pushing the buttons at Willow who want that. Yeah. <laughs> as long as we can keep it quiet. I mean, that's a but, lot but of. That's so. That's but, in social psychology. The institutions will how, do that how, to just. You know, maybe it'll go away if we right. just stop but talking about, about that it. right now. Like if you're sitting over that empire, right? You're the king of that empire. Uh-huh. And it's like a mess, right? The peasants are in revolt in some sense. So you, like social media, you can't hide. Yeah. You, what kind of an ignoramus do you have to be to have that attitude to say, you know, maybe it'll go away? I, yeah. <laughs> if there's somebody who's actually thinking that, well, then yeah, that's a I, that's a serious vote of non-confidence in their leadership. They they have to deal with it they must deal with it yeah. and um but i do also at the same time when i say they must and i would make that demand and i've pushed as hard as i think i should up the chain mm. uh, to to make that demand at the same time i understand the complexity of it like if you're if you're engaged in saying okay we we screwed it up right okay right. so now we're going to actually say to the accusers 
okay, what, mea culpa, what do we need to do here? Right. Well, those are private conversations. You're not going to make that, you know, you're not going to broadcast that. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, let us know. Because mm. if you let us know, that that helps us, right? Because you and me at this end, we say, look, your trust is shot with us. We need to have it reestablished. Those kinds of things help us to know that you are palms up, open-hearted and open-mindedly asking how we can go about a restoration reconciliation process that, that honors the victims and honors truth and love and reconciliation and the gospel. And if you, we knew you valued that and we're pressing towards it, we don't have to know the detail necessarily right now. Uh, you know, so a lack of communication, I think, has hurt the church specifically and maybe the Willow Creek Association a little bit, a little less, but, but also they've been hurt by not communicating maybe as much or as vociferously as they could because they got to stay on top of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And in a large corporation or a, uh, institution of any size... There, there's just that's another interesting thing studying social psychology. There's something built in us to subconsciously protect the institution. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it, we don't we don't even think about it half the time. I don't know if it's an idolatry thing or what it is. Yeah. But we just like, oh, you know, you're automatic. I mean, a lot of these sexual assault cases that are out there, um, Penn State was mm-hmm. another example of that. I mean, this guy was raping kids for yeah. years. Until somebody finally said enough, and and yeah, Penn State took down every statue, you know, and and just like erased him, like tried to erase him, which yeah. I think shows integrity. Like this guy did really horrible shit. We're not going to celebrate yeah. the dude, yeah. Um, unlike the Catholic Church, but that's a whole nother show. Mm, that is another <laughs> show, Russ. That's a whole nother show. So. Uh, um, it's, it's, yeah, I'm, I guess that's where I'm at is it's just devastating the, where the leadership went with that. And also I'll, I'll even say this is that the brand, Chan did a cool talk, a little talk about, uh, the church in Russia, he said, he said, he kind of started out the talk by saying, you know, there'll probably come a time in history where this will be illegal. You know, mm-hmm. maybe even American history, we don't know. Yeah. But, but standing up in front of a church, doing what you do yeah. for a living, will be illegal. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, he said, now this has happened in history. He said, this, it happened in Russia um, and, and it happened in China. He said, the difference between Russia and China is in Russia, it was very aesthetic. So you had the, the, the Orthodox Church. There was a lot of icons, a lot of stuff, yeah. a lot of buildings, a lot of people with titles. And when that all went away, there was less people with this heart-level kind of understanding of what the gospel is. And it didn't spread as widely as it did in China. Right. So in China, you had the same thing happen, you know, the temples and churches and mm-hmm. all that's crushed right. and done away with and what was it five maybe five million christians at the time went yeah. to 80 million christians without a freaking building right you know right. and without a without a brand without a denominational, uh, denominational hierarchy, hierarchy and all mm-hmm. this stuff yeah and and i guess maybe that's what we're getting to rick is kind of throwing that out there is what if the and you and I have had this conversation a little bit too? Like, what if the brand needs to, God is, 
getting rid of that or something, you know? Yeah. You got some guy standing on a stage and he's like a a god kind of. Yeah. What happens when I mean when Mark collapsed when when Mars Hill collapsed and Mark left for Phoenix there's people that said that he made as many atheists in Seattle as he made <laughs> Christians, you know, uh, which is sad. Like yeah, that, it's, it's the gallows humor, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, but it's the teaching. That's what what I'm saying is the teaching. Yeah. The teach. If the teaching is oh. just all the surface kind of stuff, mm-hmm. then what are we really doing? You know. Well, I don't know that the teaching's the surface stuff. Um, the teaching is probably what's really good. I mean, what's good about Hybels? What's good about Driscoll? Was their teaching. What yeah. sucked was their behind-the-scenes behavior. Yeah. And we could argue, to, to your point, that pastor worship is an idolatry of the American church. And um, I'm open to that. I, I Look, I, I in the aftermath of this, the elders of our church are going to have long conversations. And we're going to have conversations about everything, about our yeah. our our affiliation with the Willow Creek Association, with all that stuff. Because uh, you're not tied to Willow. Like, no, it's an association. You don't get money from Willow. No. Willow no. doesn't pay you guys. No, no. it's an association. So it's a loose association of churches of like-minded values, okay. with like-minded values. Right. So that's all it is. So we'll, we'll evaluate all that stuff. But on the th- among the things that we would evaluate, and I think one of the things that the Heibel scandal puts in front of the church overall, is the megachurch phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And I'll be the first to admit that I, you know, as a lo- pastor of a local church, you know, if you, you woke me up in the middle of the night and said, Rick, your dream for Allen Creek, you know, Willow Creek West, you know, like I'd uh, <laughs> love to be a big, thriving place. And if you said, well, do you love the bigness? Do you love the structure? Would you love the buildings? No. I, and I think I can be honest about this. I mean, I could say I, I would glow with pride about stuff like that, like a huge, you know, uh, annual budget and a great big building. I, I would glow about that stuff. But... It, that's all carnal. But I can tell you that somewhere I think the motives are purer than that, that I wanted irreligious people to come into saving knowledge of God through the amazing grace of Jesus. And one more person was one more great story, and a thousand more people was that times a thousand. You know, So the numbers game for me at, the, at, at a philosophical level was not about pastor worship or about building an institution or building a great big church. It was about being a church and seeing life change. And the more lives changed, so much the better. If one life change is good, then a thousand lives change is a thousand times as good. Right. right? So at some level, that was what motivated me. But like you're saying, is there something rotten at the core of some of that stuff? And I'm willing, I, I think the church needs to take a look, a good hard look at that. If nothing else... For the, ver- for the fact that so many of these huge things, I mean, and Allen Creek doesn't even compare, right, to the number of megachurches and the size and scope, uh, that, the number of these things that, that commit patricide, mm. you know, that kill the father, like, they, they are guilty of, they eat, they eat the founder. The founder is eaten by the thing that he births. Yeah, yeah. And that is true now, I guess, of, of uh, Driscoll, certainly, and of, and of Hybels. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that sense, that if well, you say, well, the organization didn't eat Bill Hybels. He he was bad. <laughs> you know, he did bad things. Yeah, totally true. Well, part but, of it is but that what he you're, what an you're getting at is things that I that I resonate with right. is that he was he was at the top of a very big yeah. thing. There was a sense of protection. It built a sense of I'm untouchable. Those are all psychological things that you that are divorced from the good work. So the church is doing its thing. It's being built. It's organized. It's got buildings and programs and staff. Um, 
but apart from that, a man's uh, that there's a there's a dysfunctional relationship now that's growing as this thing gets bigger and he gets bigger. There's something that's dysfunctional that's growing with it, and unless he's ruthless about maintaining his own humility, um, this it, it will eat him. And you mm-hmm. know, here's the, here's the ironic thing. Not to make this too long of an answer, Russ, but the ironic thing is, Hybels gave us the indication that he saw that he saw that danger, and because he talked about succession all the time, and he said, "I don't want Willow to be dependent on me as the lead teacher. I want them to have a bunch of different." Voices. Mark said that too. <laughs> yeah, I want I want yeah. other people to teach, and and by the time of Hybels' resignation this year, I don't think he was teaching more than twenty percent. So the the church Willow Creek Community Church knew how to live without Bill Hybels, right? At least on a weekly feeding basis. But, but what a part of that that attitude of keeping the machine going was also, you know, what you said created him, um, was also a big part of the problem. Well, I'm willing to I'm willing to see that it could be part of it. You know, I I don't know I I'm not willing to say it's all of it because there's a man and there are other people who've led things as big, um, who didn't do what Bill Hybels did. No, you know, as far as we know. Whatever Billy Graham's organization was was globally and globally and historically bigger, much bigger than Willow Creek phenomena, and he ended his race well. Mm. So it's not like it's impossible. And there's a brand, you know. You got to admit, all those things exist. You know, yeah. uh, Graham was far less conscious than Hybels was of branding. I mean, Hybels is all about the brand. I mean, yeah. Hybels understood consciously that a church's brand mattered to its mission. Graham was just, you know. Get the gospel out, baby, and you know, yeah, yeah. Fill, fill stadiums and and uh, but but nevertheless, the Graham Association was a, a name and a name, a name was associated with a brand of integrity and evangelism and the whole thing. So it's not like a branding inherently must bring the fall of a leader, but I do think that maybe the soft underbelly of a pastor worship phenomena and the megachurch phenomena is showing up. Because Billy Graham, by the way, ministered in an era where there was no mega churches. Yeah. The biggest church in America in nineteen seventy was I think a thousand people. Wow. Maybe it might have been a little bit more. And there was only like ten of them. Right. Right? Now yeah. how many? There's uh, I don't know the statistics off yeah. the top of my head. There's thousands. There's uh, thousands yeah. of churches that are thousand or bigger. Yeah. There's a the lot. World. The mega church phenomenon is a thing. Mm-hmm. And and I'm willing to look at that. Yeah. As as an outgrowth of the Bill 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 Hybels scandal, no question. Yeah, yeah. I think that's some of the good work that might come out of that, the, out of the pain and suffering of this, is to say, uh, what are the, what are the dark sides of these monstrosities that we seem to want to build, and we're so interested. Well, why? Well, like I said, we know why. Because we want more people. Yeah. But the the dark side of that is, and maybe some of that is. Theological too, you know, like like people who have a, a theological framework that says that they have to do an altar call, and if they don't do an altar call or whatever, right? Like they have to do this thing where they Jesus, you know, invite Jesus into their heart, and it has to be this way, and everybody's got a different. Well, not everybody, but Maybe. a lot of different, you know. Willow wasn't really in that mode. I mean, right? But but the the, the whole idea of salvation. And we have the thing that gets you to salvation is another part of this conversation. As opposed to the Chinese church, which has different theological construct around, you know, 
I, maybe that's part of the branding too, right? Like they're maybe. so <laughs> we're so, we so want you to come to our thing that you got to do our you know come here and this is how you get saved and different denominations have Jump different ways this hoop or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whether you're in well, or you're maybe, out. But I think that if you go back historically and all the way back to the New Testament era, I don't think you have a Christianity unless you have a uh, an objective presentation of the faith mm-hmm. and then some demarcation mm-hmm. as to what it means to step into the faith. And if, right. if that's an amorphous thing that's uh, that's sort of held to be highly subjective, you don't have Christianity. You don't have church. You certainly don't have the Apostle Paul traipsing around. <laughs> the Mediterranean calling yeah. people into followership of Messiah. Uh, you know, there was demarcation. There was in, there was out. There was pre-conversion, there was conversion. I don't know that that language is part of the danger. Uh, maybe the arrogance that but a lot sometimes of it's a heart-level thing, you know? It's a contrition in the heart that... That's, that, that, yeah, that can't be... Man- yeah, that I can't manufacture. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. No question. But I, but I do think, nevertheless, that, you know, the call Jesus says, make disciples. Well, that puts it on you and on me to mark out who's not a disciple. You've mm-hmm. got to identify them. That yeah. We have to know, you know, it creates the law of non-contradiction. If, if, if you are a disciple, and this person, what, what does that mean? And therefore, the people who don't have these characteristics are therefore labeled non-disciples. They are targets for this mission. And then we have to know then what marks their their uh, switch into the kingdom of God. None of that, I don't think, is uh, poisonous inherently. I think it's more. I think when it gets devoid of relationship, it can be poisonous because they yeah, it or like, more of like a, you're saying, check system. this box, yeah, yeah, write your name on this little thing, you set a thing yeah. at the end of the campfire meeting, yeah, all that can be very mechanical. Yeah. And devoid of the of the spirit. I mean, Jesus said, right? Unless yeah. you're born of the spirit, and then he said, the spirit blows where he wills. So he yeah. he enhanced the mysteriousness of conversion, yeah. which I love because, in that sense, it's some in some sense, it gets the church off the hook for so much stuff. In the sense of it says, look, we never know who's a real follower or not. Yeah. You, we you could check the boxes, and you could say the things and do the do the deeds and still be. A wolf in sheep's clothing, and the master taught us yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So we understand that it's Matthew twenty-three. We understand that those accoutrements, uh, those those demarcations that we make externally, do not necessarily reflect the heart and the spirit who is working mysteriously in the heart. Uh, granted, but I I don't think for that reason it invalidates. Every, that's where I go. Everything I think, done that way. Yeah, I, I get that. I think that's where I go with some of the. Uh, like a big part of the the science around, so I'm you know dealing in the realm of sexual compulsive behavior for mm-hmm. as long as I have, mm-hmm. and researching as much as I have. There's a big movement in psychology today to say stop calling it sex addiction and start calling it intimacy disorder. Yeah, I like that. Uh, which is has a lot more to do with relationship than yeah. how and sex deficits, is. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like you got all these deficits that you're filling with. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and so. I don't know. This is this also goes to this whole Willow Creek thing. Like we, we continue ahead with this summit. It's almost like a lot of families do. Like we're going to pretend everything's fine. We're going to go ahead with our show. Yeah. And while everyone's suffering back here, just pretend like it's okay. Yeah. You know. And so I guess that's another part of my my anger towards all this continuing yeah. with the summit is because it seems to be. Um, encouraging more intimacy disorder in the church. That's something I've noticed, and I've talked to a lot of counselors who deal in this area too, that 
people with a religious upbringing usually have a longer road to heal because of all the different shouldisms and autoisms and mm-hmm. relational ties to the things we should and ought to do where it's not based in love and acceptance and being open and naked yeah you know it's it's uh it's based in shoulds and ought tos and rules and looking really good on the surface you need to walk into the room and look shiny yeah and if you are then you're accepted if you don't then you know maybe you're out maybe you're not saved maybe god doesn't really love you Maybe your parents didn't really love you, but that's why they got divorced. And there's all this stuff goes into our relational outcome and how we do relationship, whether it's in a family or in a workplace. Can I just be me out in the open um, with other people? And and well, I don't we, know. We that, certainly have no interest in that. Uh, right. We have no interest in. Uh, but isn't isn't the global, or, isn't promoting the global leadership summit just like a big shining red light saying? If, Saying it's the surface is fine. (laughs) Come see the show. Ignore all the things. Goes like like the the Wizard of Oz, right? Yeah, yeah. Ignore the man behind the yeah. Look at yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Ignore the man behind the Um, counter. The Tin Man walks up. You know, right before that scene. Yeah. It's the Tin Man that approaches the 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 wizard, Mm -hmm. and he says he says, "What is the Tin Man lacking?" Right. He's lacking Mm -hmm. a heart. Yeah. And the wizard goes. What do you want a heart? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's just that's, complicated. That's crazy. That, and then that's, that that's where they pull the thing right behind the curtain and see him yeah. back there. Yeah, that's so. Uh, yeah. Well, um, if you make the association that you're making, then then yeah, I guess that that we've just not made that association. Okay. Um, we're focused. We're trying to stay focused. I, I grant that the optics make it harder, especially with a, each new allegation. But they don't fundamentally change what we've assumed, which is that Gil is, Bill is guilty of sexual impropriety, and that transparency, authenticity, and vulnerability is the way forward for right. Willow Creek and the Willow Creek Association and for AC3. Right. And that is that is the, where we stand. And that is over here and on and on this other side. In some sense, not entirely, but in some sense, firewalled away from that is the amazing content that has been transformative for our church and literally for lives around the world through our church. So there's loyalty to that. There's loyalty to um, that vision. But there is, in some sense, uh, some loyalty to that organization, which I don't think is inappropriate. And it doesn't have to do with protecting people's reputations. It just has to do with the fact that we know that place is led by fallible, sinful people. Mm-hmm. And, and because I've walked through my own battle through sexual impropriety at the highest level of a church, I know how badly people are capable of behaving through that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And knowing that that's not the end of the story, that the first response to crisis is often protection and defensiveness and vendetta. And by the way, those three things describe the three parties at the church I was a part of. For the elders that had nursed resentment for Steve, that was, sorry, the name of the senior pastor there, um, at his um, bullish ways uh, of pushing a vision that he believed in deeply, vendetta. Mm-hmm. For the accuser, it was uh, probably um, some kind of reputation. And for the people trying to, um, you know, um, nurse Steve back to health, it was, uh, you know, defensiveness. You know, I understand all those reactions to moral failure. And unfortunately, I mean, it's not going it's, to, it's going to get worse before it gets better. We're, yeah. What are we, four months in? Yeah. I mean, the only thing that's really pressing a timeline here is the summit. But 
the summit is going to go away this weekend. Great content is going to be taught, and and I believe life transformative content, and we vote for that. Right. Meanwhile, that church has got to get it right, and we vote for the church to get it right, and mm-hmm. we're in some kind of relationship with them as they're sitting there trying to figure it out. Right. Uh, if they if they continue to stubbornly misstep and violate what we think they the important things accountability vulnerability transparency then we cannot carry on our association with them right so you you would be out you know if, they, if, if we they made that assessment to, in the long yeah. run yes and that's where i go too with the attitude towards sinful people like i know everyone's broken yeah we're all beautifully wonderfully fucked up in some <laughs> weird way that's another podcaster said and i love that it's so true um and I can have grace for people, but you also have to want to see change in your life. Yeah, or else you can't trust. Yeah, or else you can't trust. You're breaking yeah. trust. You can't build a relationship with an unrepentant man. Yeah, I've seen. I've sat in recovery groups. You yeah. can offer oh, yeah. forgiveness, yeah. but you can't rebuild a relationship with an unrepentant person. I absolutely believe that. Yeah. So yeah, Bill is doing lasting, long-term damage uh, to his own legacy for certain. And uh, and the elders, as long as they project, whether they feel this or not is another thing, but they, as long as they project, project a sense of protecting him. So they, yeah. that is, there's long-term damage there. And, um, and we have to make hard decisions about that. But like I said, Russ, that's playing out over, we're, we're playing the long game okay. with that stuff. How long? Oh, I, I wouldn't put a time frame on it, but we're watching... Well, what if he keeps going on, like this stuff comes out and they keep hiding and... Th- then we can't associate with them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, I, if, for example, on the surface of things, I don't know what finally drove Steve Carter out, but my guess is based on reading the Between the Lines and uh, that if his sentiment won't finally win the day there, then, well, I fear for the church overall and mm-hmm. uh and i and i i think that our our association with them will be affected right and and it will be interesting to see how much willow creek association then distances themselves and may do so more and more as we move into the future right and then that may also materially affect whether that our relationship for example with the two entities may not look the same and that's what i'm hoping for too Depending i'm hoping for respond. a beautiful Redemption story. Yeah. You know, redemption is is gorgeous, especially it when is. it goes through this kind of Muck. heat. Yes, you I know? agree. I this agree. could make Willow Creek so much better as an organization. It could. It really could. And I and I, <laughs> I so wish and hope for that, but it's so rare. It, it is, is so yeah. rare that, that a, a big corporation like this would, would bend the knee to, yeah. to the little people. Who yeah. were hurt and and just say we're gonna get real and we're gonna be humble and yeah. learn. Yeah, maybe put up a sign. Yeah, be real. Yeah, <laughs> get be healed. get real, get healed. That's right, because that's what it's about. And and agree. And that's that, that gives me a little more hope that these guys, you're not totally devoted to to Willow and. Yeah, I, I sure uh, you could hope save two hundred dollars a year, or whatever it was that you pay to be a Willow guy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, believe me, maybe we could probably figure out something else uh, to do with that two hundred bucks. Yeah. But I hope that's not the story. I hope the story is a beautiful redemption story of love and grace and humility and transparency. You know, that's, that's what my I, heart good to hear you say that. 
Yeah. Uh, to, because I think there may be some detractors who don't really wish for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that even if they really stumble their way into getting it right, will still want to stomp on a grave somewhere. Yeah. Because that will give them a pound of flesh. There's some people that hate me still. You know? I, I'm an adulterer. I cheated on my wife. That's fucked up. I'm, I, and they I just can't want their pound of flesh. Back. Yeah, they just want I can't, their pound yeah. of flesh. I'm really sorry. Yeah. I had a lot of shit I had to deal with. I'd have faced demons I didn't want to face, yeah. but it, but I'm so much. I'm not you know, and they they're not going to know me, um, and that's okay. You know, they'll still hate me, and that's okay. And, and uh, so I get that, and uh, you know, I pray that for a lot of people, maybe hearing this now, as this thing unfolds, there's a level of forgiveness that's open-handed and and we can understand that reconciliation with broken people is a thing. Is a value, a goal. Yeah. It can't always be achieved. Yeah, no. And so that's why we need to, I think, Russ, we need to treat everyone in all parties distinctly. So we make we distinguish between Hybels and his elders. And we distinguish between his elders and Steve Carter. Yeah. And we distinguish between the elders of Willow and the Willow Creek Association leadership. And it kind of it goes back to that biblical principle, like you know, where Jeremiah says, "Look, everybody gets to be accountable for their own sin." Yeah, and um, and then we'll treat people accordingly. Yeah, gets to be. Yeah, gets to be. Right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you, you, you get to confess. You don't get, you get, to, get, to, thro- you don't get to be thrown on the funeral pyre with your dad because he was an a hole. Yeah, you know, uh, we're going to treat you, you know, with the way your actions are presenting to the world. Yeah. And um, and it looks right now, at least we're getting at least some hopeful sign that the Willow Creek Association is stumbling through into where you know what we're pressing for this. We want an independent investigation, and we're take our hands off the wheel. That speaks humility and transparency to me. And it will be very interesting how this summit goes because they will address it. So we'll see. All right. Well, thanks, Rick. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, I appreciate you willing to listen to the. Uh, Listen to the guy, the enemy, who's uh, <laughs> yeah. who's, in, who's in bed with the uh, in bed with the big machine, with the machine, yeah. the freaking machine. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I will say I would like it a lot more if you did not do the summit, but we're not gonna. I, we're I, gonna I hear to you. Agree I, to disagree. I, I think so. Yeah. These things happen in relationships, don't they? They do, right? <laughs> Where uh, we don't get everything we want. It doesn't doesn't mean you can't have to be my friend anymore. You that's know, right. I think that's a big thing in yeah. culture, like. Well, if we disagree, we can't be friends. Well, right. Who said that? Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. That's boring. It's not <laughs> yes, Everyone's right. doing that. Right, exactly. Everyone's divorcing their friends over their Twitter feed. Exactly. How about we do that differently? Yeah. The true, yeah. The true rebels. Yeah. yeah. All right. Crossing the divide of thinking, theology, difference in core values. Can we still be friends? Um, there goes my, uh, my friend and pastor, uh, Rick Thiessen, who, you know, I don't agree with, <laughs> but that's okay. Because the truth is, ultimately, that doesn't hurt anyone but myself. And it certainly doesn't cross the divide of difference to communicate what we're passionate about. But the fact we can stay in relationship and possibly let that influence grow because that can give me something to believe in moving forward because when we can stay friends the rules change rules change over time Uh, yeah till next time
Thanks for listening. Bye. It gives me something to believe in. Oh, Lord, arise. It gives me something to believe in. Oh, Lord, and Lord, arise. Something to believe in. Oh, Lord, above. It gives me something to believe in. The ASI Podcast is a listener-supported production. You can give one time or be a monthly accomplice to this here pirate radio program. You can do that as a co-producer. Go to ASI247.org to learn more. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe. I didn't know now Things I didn't know then And give me something to believe in Yeah, yeah